Welcome to the Topic of Choice podcast. This podcast is focused on the fun, whether it be technology, movie reviews, pop culture, or anything else that catches our fancy. Each week, the host, Joey Police, discusses the topic of choice with different guests. They'll dive deep into their personal and professional views and takes on the subject of the podcast, and sometimes the state of the world. However, the host and the guests won't take any topic too seriously. What a great change to today's world of podcast. So if you're looking to have a little variety in your weekly listening routine, then hit the subscribe button and rate us. And now, here is Joey Police. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Topic of Choice podcast. My name is Joey Police, live from Lexington, Kentucky. Tears for Fears opening tonight, and my guest, the one and the only Boyd Cluis. Boyd is a uh, cybersecurity expert, and I am I'm very thrilled and excited to have him on the show tonight. Um, Boyd is an entrepreneur, a consultant. Boyd is an author. He's a cybersecurity evangelist, so to speak, public speaker. He's also a husband, a father of four. Is that right, Boyd? Yes. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to talk about all that. Boyd's got over a decade of, uh, of information technology experience. He's partnered with leading organizations worldwide. He, he travels all over the globe to do speaking engagements. Um, he's on YouTube. You can find him also at his website, boydclewis.com. Welcome to the show, Boyd. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So Absol- glad to be here. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you, uh, you took the time. So I wanted to kind of open up and first get a little bit of background of who you are. I've seen you obviously on Instagram. That's how I connected with you, mm-hmm. um, training and studying for my CISSP exam. Um, and when you follow hashtags, obviously hashtags work, right? There's a reason why yeah. they pop up. Yep. And I saw a lot of your posts. I saw a lot of your um, uh, CISP training and tips and 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 what you are are doing right now. So give me a little bit of background. Start wherever you want. Um, I just want to learn a little bit more about you also for the listeners. Yeah, so I am a man of, I don't know, I do a lot of things, right? So yeah. for starters, yeah, most people are pretty surprised when they find out that outside of information technology, cybersecurity speaking, that I'm actually a minister. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found that out too. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, it, it's one of those things like um, when it comes to the, the business world, since a lot of things are driven based on algorithms and just like hashtags, right? All this stuff is driven by algorithms and robots and all that stuff. And if you try to blend those two together, it confuses the, uh, the algorithms. So I have to create like separate platforms and things for my whole preaching ministry. But um, I pretty much preach on the whole cybersecurity thing too. Um, one thing that I realized, I had a lot of struggles getting into the IT, uh, getting it, get, growing my IT career. And there was a lot of mistakes that I made along the way. And so my thing is, I just want to give back to people, whether they're older or younger than me, to help them grow their career as well. So that is pretty much what I do when I travel. I am what I call empowering people to do their jobs better, ultimately protects companies, 
credit card data and all those things. That's my primary focus in the cybersecurity space. It's uh, credit card data security. Credit card data. So for narrowing down within the cybersecurity world, <clears throat> you are within the compliance arena. Is that is that a fair assessment to say of cybersecurity, or or do you get into? Well, I mean, well, let me ask you that. Is that a fair assessment in the compliance area? Sort of. Okay. <laughs> so, so um, there's a, a couple things. Uh, most of the guys that are in the the, the data space are auditors. So they are okay. more the compliance side, but I came from the technical background of working on firewalls, networks, all that thing. So um, before I moved into the whole compliance arena, I did all the technical stuff. So now I'm kind of in between. So okay. I assess companies to validate their compliance against the credit card data standard, but I also consult to make sure that they implement security around it because compliance doesn't equal security. No, that's right. That's right. So one of the first questions I have as an individual, so a little bit, I don't know if you know this. I mean, I know, you know, to an extent, I'm in the IT field as well. Mm -hmm. And within the security field, not, not within the range of, of some of the clients you've worked with, but security is security, right? right. And, and um, we want to make sure that all of our clients are, are protected. One of the, the questions that I had for you, you're a young guy and you don't get to the level where you're at. And as you talk about in your videos, by just passing a certification exam, nope. um, by, by chasing the next cert or, or, or reading that book, that level of where you're at had to have come with experience. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess, were, were there mentors that, that taught you, you know, to a certain extent to, to give you that knowledge that you then took it to that whole new level? Yeah, so to answer that question, you're right. Passing a certification doesn't get you to the level that I've been able to accomplish. What does is <laughs> obsession. <laughs> I literally am a student of my occupation. Once I got exposed to the whole security and compliance arena, and realize the impact that it had on companies and their bottom line and how the market was just so open for this thing. I started studying security frameworks and learning those things. And what it did was it exposed me to a lot more than just doing my day-to-day -day job. And what I mean is if you understand a security framework, you got to um, think about Let, there's going to be security Give me policies. an example for that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. So inside of the security framework, there's going to require collaboration. You're going to have to have network security. You're going to have to have um, antivirus, my, uh, virus protection. You're going to have to have people to write policies, vulnerability scanning. And so that's kind of one of the misconceptions that people think about. I'm like, I don't want to go in compliance and be an auditor. I'm like, you're going to get to see so much more. Yeah. And being at that level, they, people have to respect you because you're either going to pass them or you're going to fail them. <laughs> so that's one thing that I like about it, but I did not have a mentor to help me get to this. Really? Level. Okay. That, that actually surprises me because there, for me, I had several mm -hmm. um, within the different fields and organizations and, and to an extent, 
a lot of IT, as you know, especially when you start in the trenches, <clears throat> which I've seen you uh, wiring cables and patch patch panels and such, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I know what that's like. And I know that those are what I call the trenches of IT, of, of getting into the systems, the hardware, right? right? But then when you get into the more advanced engineering aspects, especially networking, there were so many times older individuals, more experienced individuals would say, okay, look, Instead of doing that command there, let's open up PowerShell and let me show you this trick. And and, and I guess I mean that from a mentor or mentee example mm -hmm. of, of people showing you things. Right. Because IT is so difficult, I think, to to walk into a new field and a textbook can get you so far, but without that experience. Exactly. Yeah. It, you're, a, you're a paper engineer, if I exactly. may use that phrase. I'm, and I'm going to remind, I got, yeah, I got a whole thing about that. So the reason why I really didn't end up with a mentor is that was something that really would have helped me. But the way I started my career, I didn't go to college for IT or anything like that. So I actually started in accounting and then I got laid off a decade ago and I made okay. the transition over into IT. But what I did was I started working for smaller companies hmm. that maybe had like five, six employees. And I wouldn't primarily be like the only IT guy supporting multiple clients. So I had to figure things out on my own by breaking things. Right. And that's almost <laughs> the best way. It's like, okay, I know how to break that and I'm not going to make that mistake later on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so walk me through your, your career, if you will, baby step me through this. Sure. Um, accountant laid off. You have a passion for IT. You then be, you again get a, a passion for the security side. Now, you're also a certified PCI assessment auditor. All right. Now, I, I know about PCI. I've walked a, a, a hospitality organization, a restaurant organization through the PCI compliance process. Mm -hmm. It is it is an animal. It is a it huge, is. huge animal. And I remember going through this thinking, if anyone gets into this field alone, you, you, you got, you can write your ticket. And, that's and, it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, but you, you, you have obviously done that and, and that's incredible, but you've also come, you've also paired it with the, the security side. So you have the, the PCI side. So for those listening and a lot of, a lot of the individuals I know that are listening aren't even in this field yet. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my wife would tell me I'm squirreling right now. Here, 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 you know, bouncing <laughs> back and forth. But I, I want to, I want you to talk a little bit about um, the PCI auditing, and then how would somebody, young, let's say high school, let's say getting ready to go to college in a couple years, that says, this is a big field. Where do I even begin? Sure. So um, first of all. Hmm. The whole, th the whole thing about security frameworks, right, when it comes to auditing, the, the beautiful thing about this is whether it's a recession, a pandemic, companies are going to have to certify every single year. Okay. So that's one of the uh, main reasons why going into compliance is very, very important. Now, PCI DSS is, happens to be one of the frameworks in there. But for anyone that was going to start an IT career, I think that it's very important that they start from the compliance standpoint, because if you just jump right into the technical things, most of the time you're going to follow the example of the people that are leading you, right? Could just be bad like, habits too. 
exactly. Exactly. Yep. But going the compliance route, you'll understand why things need to be done a certain way. Because if you think about it, this from the hierarchy, there's a policy, then there's a procedure, then there's implementation. Most of the time when we go into IT, we only see implementation. We don't understand why this policy was created. But when you take a step back and you look at the policies, procedures, and watch the guys in front of you implement and manage those things, then that gives you experience that you wouldn't normally get. So really, if, uh, it, from an from a, uh, experience level uh, getting into this, then did you, did you find that it was there were some aspects that you liked about it and then others that you don't. For example, I didn't want to touch exchange. When I first got into engineering and, and, and the email aspect, now I got my, mine started back in 2000 mm-hmm. is when I started getting into it. And I was a, I started out at tech support at Lexmark, which was the, uh, the, the printer company. Right. Yep. But I remember as I, as I fast forwarded and stepped into, to the more advanced stuff, Exchange or something, I didn't want to. I didn't want to touch it. You know, what? I don't like it. I don't want to get into it. So, did you get into any of the security or the compliance portions of this where you thought, I don't want to touch this. I really like this focus. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Exchange. That was actually one of my things. And when I told you earlier, I learned by breaking things. <laughs> yeah. I remember breaking uh, back then. This was like I don't know, 2010 or something. Okay. where they're still using small business server. Yes, you had ex- Yeah, you had Exchange <laughs> and um, Active Directory and everything just mixed together. And I broke something in it and it took down the domain and the email and it took me like 17 hours to fix it. I was like, I will never touch that thing again. Yeah. But <laughs> that was one of the main things right there. As far as the compliance thing, one thing about it that I really don't like is I hate that I have to write reports. Other than that, it's fine. Well, are there no, are there no report generating tools that once you put your auditor auditing results in, you know, click the PDF report like QuickBooks, you've got all these massive types of template reports. I'm sure they're out there, but, but you Mm -hmm. obviously have to do your, your due diligence and put that that time and energy in rather than have I'm sure the system put it out but there's still a lot of input that you have to do yeah there is a lot of input and that's what it can be draining sometimes <laughs> it can be draining because we have those tools that will generate the report for you but right. it still requires you to put the information in especially yeah. with uh, the way things are set up with the PCI council like you have to have unique responses every year for what you observed so there's no template and we're talking hundreds of pages. I could have multiple conversations with you about our experience of cloud services and best of best of breed uh, uh, software applications. I, I love this stuff and I love yeah. talking about it uh, because it's it's what's driving us right now. And I think we're in it. We're in a time, a unique time in our in everybody's life where we are seeing the landscape of technology literally pivot and not giving anyone the option to go the route of virtual forcing us to go virtual look at us right now you know so um i think there's a lot of a lot of opportunities uh but i think there's also a lot of fear out there so what do you what have you seen with the companies that are that are putting or not the companies but individuals that are trying to to scare people into products i've seen it a lot 
I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it tremendously. And so from a security standpoint, where we are right now, not that it shouldn't been a surprise, but the incident response plan, things should have been in place to prepare for this type of thing. Okay. So like this whole remote work thing, I've been working at home for years. So nothing changed from my position. But what I have seen in the industry is, I mean, in some of the, the concerns that people voice are valid. You know, um, I make some of these claims myself. Now that most people are um, remote, they're not doing as much in stores now, there's a higher risk for attackers to put skimmers on payment devices and things like that. But you just have some companies out there making it seem like, oh my gosh, your company is going to crash and burn if you don't buy this software or do this thing. But uh, one of the things in the IT industry anyway, I mean, tools don't solve problems no, really. No. Got to have processes. That's key right there is, um, I, I can't tell you how many times, and you've probably seen it just as many times as I have, where people say, Joey, can can the IT department come up with or give us this tool or that tool or this tool? And however many times I tell them is, guys, the IT is not going to fix the problem. Yep. The, the software will never fix the operational process that that we're facing. I see yep. that so much. Do you still deal with it on a higher level? Oh, absolutely. I just had a, a very harsh conversation with one of my clients today as we we're I was doing some advisory work and I was reviewing their past management process. And I was like, hey, guys, these systems were patched this time last year. You know who was talking to you last year? <laughs> Me. That means you have done nothing. You've done absolutely nothing. They have all the SCCMs, the SCOMs. They have every tool you can think of. Yeah. They have not configured it, and they have no governance to actually make no. sure the process is being managed. And yeah. so I didn't talk to them about their tools. I talked to them about their processes and their governance of the process. And at the, end of the, at the end of the day, in your line of work, if, if for any IT line of work, I would say, we can advise, 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 mm -hmm. but if we don't have top level support to implement those process and changes, we're just going to continue fighting that battle. I can't tell you how many times I've come home. My wife, you know, is in academia and she was telling me today, she said, Joey, I had a 30 minute conversation with somebody that needed a tutorial on how to add something into Canvas. And I said, why didn't they just Google it? And she just stared at me like, <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> but I think until individuals realize that, that like you said, you stated it is it's not, it's not the tool. It's the process. Yep. Uh, that's huge. That's huge. And I think, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, and that's why I'm glad I'm on this side now because mm -hmm. I tell them and they're going to pay the bill and I go on about my day. That's, That's right. the beauty of being the consultant. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know. <clears throat> so tell me a little bit. You've got four kids. Tell me their ages. Okay. We have Gabriel. Gabriel is five. Okay. We have Cody. She is seven. We have LJ. He is 12. And Ashton. Nope, nope, nope. He's not 12. He's 11. He's about to be 12. And yep, Ashton's yep. 13. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you have your hands full as well. Oh, yeah. It's busy. <clears throat> so I, I want to shift gears. And the reason I asked that question is you and I have had text conversations back and forth in 
certi- and I want to, I'm wrapping it back to certifications here for mm-hmm. a second, but there's a reason why is that type of life that you have, mm-hmm. I know how busy it is. We have three. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I know how busy that is. So for those that are listening, that are looking, they say, okay, I've got experience. I've got the education now, but in order to get that next step, I want that cert, right? But I don't have time to study for it, or I don't have time to prep for it. Yours, you've, you've got, you've got your CISSP, which right there, that's one of the biggest ones out there. That's the one that Mm -hmm. I'm, that's my goal right now is to finish that one and get that one. You've got your CISSA or CISA, your CCSK, your PCIP and your QSA. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to uh, to achieve all of those? That is a tremendous feat. Yeah, so sometimes I don't like answering this question because it's I here it is. Okay, so Sure. I, I tell people all the time, I have a laundry list of certs. That's the only four that I put. There's like 17 of them. I've, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why I preach, don't do this. Okay. Um, the, so do, do you mean like how many years or like the time to get each one? No, not the time to get each one. I think, I guess my question is, is when I look at that, I see, I see an individual who has set a goal and achieve the goal. And I think one of the things that I try to tell my boys, and, and we've had this discussion, I lead a, a group of small boys. I know some of them might be listening and, and even, even my kids or anyone else that's listening, you set that goal and you do what it takes to get it done. Absolutely. And that Absolutely. I think is, that's not just for a certification, that's for maybe your high school diploma. That's for that college degree, or that's for that, um, uh, whatever kind of credential the, the you're, you're, you want to be a nurse or you want to be a dental practitioner, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of, let's talk a little bit about that from a standpoint of um, going through the process, no matter what it is to continuation or to completion, I should say. Yeah. So one of my things um, I felt that it was important to get the, the certifications. One of the things that I teach inside of my training programs is how to get these things without paying for them. So all these certifications that you see that I have, I didn't pay for a single one of them. What I did was I talked to the company and I presented them with an opportunity yep. to help me understand things better so I could help protect the company. But when I have that, I won't say pressure, but that commitment, because I would tell them, I don't need you to send me to any boot camp. I don't need you okay. to do anything else. Just pay for the certification and I'll make it happen. And so what I did was depending on what certification I'm going to take, I completely just immersed myself in that. Um, before I went into the whole consulting thing, I had a pretty long commute. It was like 60 miles one way. And okay. so I would listen to one of my favorite trainers from CBT Nuggets. His name's yep. uh Keith Barker, love that I, guy. I, I know who Keith is. Love that guy. Yeah. So I just, day after day, just playing the video. So much so that whenever the questions would come up or the concepts, like I already knew before it happened. And so I would just walk into the exams and just knock them out. And I, yeah, I started doing that maybe, what was it? Nine, nine, 10 years ago. Okay. But up until recently, the last certification I took was um, the CISA, which I did that last year. It was a requirement. 
for me to maintain my PCI certification. Okay. Was it hard? Uh, it wasn't difficult. It took retraining of my brain to think like an auditor because I'm not an auditor. I am okay. a hardcore tech guy. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Some of the people, they, um, they'll spend months, sometimes even year studying for that thing. I spent two weeks. My thing is when I oh. understand, that's why I say I don't like answering the, the question because it's like the CISSP, I studied for that six weeks and I took the exam in an hour and 20 minutes. You also, did you take it before the new CAT version? Did you take it back when it was 250 questions with six hours or did you do yes. the new? Okay, so you had the original one. Yeah, and they, they told me you need to bring fruit, you need to bring water because it's going to take, like I was nervous before I even hit the submit button. I was like, I got this last question here and I've been here for an hour and 20 minutes. Like I was nervous, so I'm going to fail this. And I told these people I was going to pass this exam. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out that's worked good out. that's good um you know my friend Matt, matthew couldn't join us tonight and i i was hoping he would but he's also in the it field he's an independent consultant as well from uh, mm -hmm. the uh the the uh, network engineering and, and administration side and he would always make fun of me because when i got my mcse <clears throat> this was back in server 2003 Mm -hmm. um, I was a paper. It was completely paper, meaning oh. <laughs> all I did was read the books, study the scenarios, and immediately then I went and, I, and then I took the exam. And uh, it wasn't until later on, though, that, that I actually got my practical experience. But I, I, you know, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. Your Boyd Cluis site, is that your full time? You work for another company. Are you, can we talk about that? Yeah, we can talk about that. So tell me what the what the company is, and then I want to talk about what you're doing on your own to help students um, reach their goals. Well, I want to talk about your personal site, but tell us about a little bit about your the full time job, and then the the new full time job that you're working on. Yeah, so it's it's kind of weird. Uh, the company that I work for, I essentially. So let me, let me step back. Let me step back. So I've had my own consulting company for the past 10 years, which is another way that I was able to, uh, I basically crammed like, I don't know, 10, 15 years experience into like three because I was working for small companies, but I was also running my own company at the same time. So yeah. I was exposed to different industries, environments, and I got to see a lot of stuff. So I, I grew rapidly. But the, the company that I work with now, I just do um, consulting for in the PCS side because you have to work for a, a QSA firm, which is the PCI approved company that can sign the reports of compliance in order to be a PCI consultant. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like anybody consult, but only the QSA can sign the report of compliance that makes it yep. official. So that's what I, I do with that company. That's online business systems. I met them while I was the architect for American Airlines. So I did the, the same exact thing as far as the whole PCI consulting design and networks and all that. And um, three years ago, while I was working at American, uh, I had the ability to travel for free. And so what I, I did was every place that I would visit, like um, Australia, 
Argentina, places like that, I would have these training classes that I would do for the company and people would come up to me and they were like, uh, we never could understand this until like you yeah. came and you taught this to us because it wasn't boring. We actually get this stuff now. Yep. And so I was like, I think I might have something here. Yes. So what I started doing is literally going back to those same countries. I started putting on these workshops to expose people to the whole PCI industry. And it's grown from there. Um, I didn't take it so much public until um, January of this year. Okay. And, and so now I have a whole online training platform now instead of me going out and put these classes on. So talk a little bit about the training platform. Who, if, for those listening, who is it geared towards, you know, and who, who would want to take this training and tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so the training platform is geared toward people that are already in the IT profession and they have an interest in cybersecurity. For the, for the most part, uh, the people that I've spoken with, they feel like they need certifications and they can't figure out the direct path to get into the cybersecurity space. And so my program literally walks them from the beginning to figuring out what they like, dislike in a career to put together a profile for themselves and then teach them to how to become a PCI expert as well as build okay. LinkedIn profile, resume, all that good stuff to get hired. So almost, and I use this term cavalier, cradle to grave process from beginning mm -hmm. to end to get them to, to, to their next goal. So yep. are, you, you are in, in essence then that mentor, that, that, that uh, coach, if I, if I could use that term, to, to, for these students that, that go exactly. through your program. How long does the program take? So the program, it really depends on the student. The total, it's a total of six hours. Okay. I recommend that um, people take and go through at least a minimum of four weeks because okay. this is what I'm going to talk about the paper thing now. So my, one of my missions is to rid the world of paper dragons. And that's the guys that look really good on the resume. They have the certifications, they have all this stuff just looks so good, but you get them in the workspace and they can't do anything that's on the resume. Right. And what I don't want people to do is rush through the program, update their resume, LinkedIn profile, and then get in a situation where they can't perform. Right. That's why I recommend four weeks, go through the program, get feedback from me, ask questions, put yourself in the best position to succeed. That's good. That's really good. How, how have you seen, is there a, um, is there a target from a standpoint of, do they have to have any credentials coming to you or just in the field, just getting into it and, and they, you know, they want to then go to that next step or is there any kind of requirements? And I'm asking from a standpoint of what about the high school guy who says, you know what, maybe college isn't for me, but I definitely want to stay within IT. Yeah. Cause I, I'm one of those guys. Okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so uh, no, you don't need any type of certification or anything. In fact, my marketing is toward those guys because they're so discouraged. Yes. Like they're just so beat about not being able to land jobs because they don't feel like they have the certifications, but that's not it. Um, there, there's a couple things that comes with that. One, people that are recruiting for jobs don't understand the job. So only thing they're doing is looking on the piece of paper. This is why the method that I teach my students, 
once they're done with this, my program, like you get to a point where you don't have to apply for jobs anymore. People will come to you and yeah. you get to decide what you want to do. The other thing is I realized from my own experience that um, oftentimes IT people unknowingly use certifications as a coping mechanism to make you feel better about your skill set. Like imagine seeing like the perfect job, job description online, you know, you can do it, but you don't have the confidence to apply for it because you just don't have this little credential that it says that they recommend yeah. that you have. Yeah. Been there. Yep. Like I'm crazy. I'd apply anyway. It's like, Oh let's yeah. Just talk. I, I absolutely have. <laughs> I absolutely have. But you make a great point. There was, <clears throat> there was a time when, uh, I mean, any job that I've looked at <clears throat> in the IT field for a higher level, mm -hmm. you would it would you would come down to requirements. Yep. And down there at the bottom, it's going to have whether it needs that four-letter certification, three-letter certification, or um, whatever it is. You're right. How many people read that and go, "I'm out." Exactly. I don't have that. But you say you stated something on one of your social media posts, which I love. And you were, you were driving, which I, I'm trying to determine the car because it's got a beautiful sunroof. I don't know. It looks great. Um, but it's a Mercedes. <laughs> is it? Nice. I like it. I like it. Thanks. You were driving and you said, um, you were talking about the, the need to not strive for the cert. You said, I would put somebody in a 120 job a year mm -hmm. that has the ability to learn Yep. that doesn't have the cert. Yep. And I want you to expand on that because that impacted me. The, I don't know how many individuals uh, or, 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 or employers think like that, but they need to because it's critical, especially in IT, because the credential doesn't mean you're qualified. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it comes down to. So the reason why I said that is I've led several teams and I've been burned by a lot of guys that were credentialed and they felt like they had arrived so they didn't need to work for it. And the thing that separates those credentialed IT guys from the other guys that are up and coming is they're hungry and they still want to get after it. But at the end of the day, the acronyms on a certification don't add any value to a company's bottom line. The point of business is to profit, right? And what ultimately brings a company profit is not losing money by getting breached, hacked, protecting assets. And um, when you have the skills to do that, you're a lot more marketable than someone that just has a certification. And not only having the skills, having a skill that is highly in demand that not many people have. Right. So, that's why I, I teach my guys to go the route through the whole PCI space because it's huge and there's not too many people that understand it. And you can really grow your career very fast by doing that. I think that's great advice. Uh, I can't, again, back to just experience and, and can't tell you how many times I've looked, whether I was hiring somebody or whether I was looking for that job, um, you look at a resume or you look at somebody that says, oh, I've got this cert, how many years experience, four years experience, mm -hmm. right? Or you look at the person that doesn't have the cert with 25 years experience. Yep. I'm going to pick that 25 year guy. Every time. Every, every <laughs> single time. 
but but I also want to, if I could share a quick story with you from a standpoint sure. of of where you see the diamond in the rough, because that's what your video is talking about. Mm-hmm. Where you have that person that you would rather put in that position that doesn't have it, that has the potential, so to speak, right? And I was, uh, this is back to my, I was an MCT for years and um, I was training and the, with the company that we had, it was my job to bring on the next uh, junior trainer, right? Who, who we were gonna bring on and, and rise up through the ranks. And the guy that I, that I uh, ended up hiring, who was one of the best hires I think I ever made, he had no, I'm mean, when I tell you no technical experience, mm-hmm. none, but he said, you know what? I like computers. He had the personality. He had the charisma. He had the drive and he had the passion. And within a year he had his Microsoft office, uh, specialist certification and he killed it. Just absolutely killed it as a trainer. So yeah. I'm that it's, it's, it just goes to show that, you know, the, the paper, you, what do you call them? Paper, paper dragons, paper dragons. I'm going to footnote that if I, if I ever use it. Paper I love dragons. that paper dragons. Yeah, it's, that's definitely true. Well, let me ask you this, Boyd. Um, where are you in? Uh, it's hard to say, but, but three years, five years, where, what do you want to be doing? Uh, uh, I know that's, a, you know, that's a, that's a tough question. It is like truth be told, I want to really open up my own school to train, to train like the next generation of IT guys. I would love to do that. And the reason why I'm so passionate about find the diamond in the rough, because that's my story. Yeah. Like when I got laid off from Rico, the other, the other printer company, <laughs> six weeks, I mean, no, no, it was six months. I was laid off. I was studying, I was studying. I got the A plus, I went to an interview and the guy says, you don't have the experience that we're looking for, but I see something in you that I know that you'll be successful. He was like, we'll hire you and we'll teach you everything that you need to know. I bet you remember his name. I do. Yeah. Akil Nataki. Yep. <laughs> it's those individuals that, that see that through, they see through to the yep. potential that make an impact on you. I've got several of those that, that I'll, I'll never forget. I think that's, that's a phenomenal testimony. It uh, is. So, so you want to um, the Boyd Cluis university. That'd be nice. I think it's so funny that the guy with, with no college degree is training other people. <laughs> I think it's, it's great. I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. Um, tell me a little bit on the, on the, if I could ask uh, on the personal side, sure. uh, a little bit of what do you like to do? What are some of your hobbies? Cause this is the part of the podcast where we've talked IT, we've talked tech and I've already lost the listeners that aren't into it, but those that are still with us, what, <laughs> <laughs> what does Boyd like to do when he's not studying uh, business continuity planning and, and PCI auditing? Uh well, I really enjoy playing basketball with my kiddos. That's one thing that I absolutely love. Uh, what else do I like to do? Basketball, man, I really, most of my hobbies in, involve tech. So I've been trying to <laughs> find too. some things. Since this whole quarantine thing, one thing that I discovered, there's this company, I can't remember the name, but I love mysteries. I love solving mysteries. And so um, we get, me and my wife, we get these. um, Oh, I know the mail-in package. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. Is it good? Oh, it is, dude. It's great. 
like you get real evidence and you get to solve these crimes. I love that. I right, love you, that. Text me, text me the, uh, the company you use. Cause those have popped up in my feed several times. <laughs> and I'm like, is this for real? You know, I just keep swiping. It's, it's for real. It's okay. For, I'll, I'll send it to you. So yeah. yeah, we're, we're actually on our second case right now. And so it, it's one of those things you go through, you get all the evidence. You're like, crap, I got to wait like another two weeks before they mail the other one. We got like evidence all like nailed up on the wall in the room. Like it's good. What it's an ingenious good. idea. It is. It is. Smart Do your kids get it? In? Yeah, they are. It's a lot smarter than me. Are there, are there, do your kids get into it? No, my kids. Just, okay. Okay. Oh, all they want to do is play Fortnite. Oh man. Listen, let me tell you, I, you and I, I, for those listening, boy and I are just shaking our heads right now, looking at each other. My wife, my wife and I, we get the parenting award of the year said nobody because we have, <laughs> we have let our kids play more Fortnite over COVID. I'm right. like, Sarah, Sarah will say to me, where's Joseph? That's our oldest. Who's 13. I'm like, he's, he's playing Fortnite, you know, yep. <laughs> and we're the other two. My youngest, who's not uh, nine, my, my nine-year-old uh, Jane is playing Roblox, which yep. you probably know about Roblox. Yep. And my uh, 11 year old daughter, Jules is, um, you know, she, probably one of one of five different things but i i would say that i feel your pain uh i know <laughs> we know what that's like there's there's a question for you mm -hmm. so my it career started with gaming it started in 1997 with doom d-o-o-m not the dune like the the movie oh yeah i remember doom yeah doom right yep. and we had these land parties in the dorm and so on so my son you know we did Doom, uh, we did um, StarCraft. Those were the big ones for me, uh, World of Warcraft, not the MMORPG, but the other one. Um, oh. Anyway, I cannot play Fortnite. It's too fast. <laughs> have you tried it? I have tried it. Cannot do it. I can't nope. do it either. Nope, no, cannot. It, cannot. It's a totally different new type of gaming now. Zelda, I, give me Zelda. Give me I Super Mario. That. Love right. that, yeah. Or, or Metroid. Yeah. Remember Metroid? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did a podcast on the '80s games and '90s games. You, I'm gonna. You have to go back and listen to that one of our podcasts. But man, <laughs> I, I, I plug. so many sleepless nights playing those games. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, Boyd, listen, I, I am, I am sure grateful to for you coming on. Love to have you back. We'll do a, a, another and uh, a podcast where we just talk tech and we're going to get Matthew and some other individuals on as well, where we can have some nerd talk. Um, all the best of luck. You guys check out Boyd Cluis at Boyd Cluis, C-L-E-W-I-S.com. A phenomenal uh, IT and cybersecurity expert. Boyd, thanks for, uh, for joining me tonight and best right. of luck and God bless. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks.